Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 158 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, week number two down here in the kickoff clash. Um, and it was another very exciting week uh, with, with some really good games, some surprises in there. I mean, yeah, it, it had it all once again. So another good weekend of Overwatch. Um and another good weekend of Overwatch too. We got a lot. We got to see a lot more push this week, Joe. That was a big thing as well. Um, since they switched up, let's start off with that. What do you, What do you think about that? They sort of switched. Control was always that map type that the, that you play two of. You'd have as the first map. They decided to do a little bit different this week and have push be in that spot, be the first map. So we got to see a lot more of it this week, Joe. What are your thoughts after a second week? Did you feel like there was more of a meta? shifting and forming on these maps was could you understand it a little bit more or was it just some more deathmatch does it still need change still need changes this game mode yeah i was surprised uh that they had made the change at all um in fact i i had missed um watch point for like that very first day and so i sort of went back to um like try to find a mention of it on watch point or anything and i didn't find one that doesn't mean they didn't have one but um but yeah, that evidently through whatever decision making, uh, you know, was was decided that that would be uh, a good way to go, and I, and I don't think it's a bad way to go necessarily. Uh, it's um, unique or interesting or or whatever you may say, um, particularly for this uh, tournament cycle and this stage of Overwatch Two development because there's only two maps, um, and so to have, uh, you, you know, granted, usually you're only ever going to get. Um, um, you know, one one push map at a time, but having it also set as a tiebreaker, uh, you know, you may have, um, you know, both of the the maps that are in existence in uh, the same given match, and then see it again the next match, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so it has the potential to get old, I think, a little bit in that way. Um, um, but but it's good in terms of you know, it's um, one of I think there's maybe only just the two um, or maybe three map types that is possible or that it's not possible to tie on. And so that's good in terms of, um, you know, using, use it for a tiebreaker and use it for um, one of those starting maps. Cause you don't want to have a, a draw um, <laughs> at a starting map, but yeah, as far as, you know, the actual competition and, and the, the play and the, the kind of stuff we're seeing, um, uh, a lot of it feels kind of similar, uh, at least you know to me at this point in in where we are in life. Um, um, you know, from 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 map to map and round to round. But um, ultimately, uh, I mean, it's good to to highlight uh, highlight the mode, and it makes you wonder what they're gonna do, if anything, uh, going into week three, or you know what the the logic is for some of these kind of changes yeah i agree i think it's uh, overall i'm in mostly agreeance with you there i think it's a pretty good mode with a good amount of potential i don't know like i i don't think it's bad as the first and fifth map but i think maybe in its current state you you kind of put it back to where it used to be and have control be that first and fifth map until it's a little more balanced i think it's fairly balanced actually i think it just needs maybe a few changes to Make it a little easier somehow. I don't know if it spawns. I don't know if it's the robot somehow moving faster or something like that for the team that's behind because I think it's 
super tough usually for a team to have to win a fight to get the robot back, but then also win another fight to get the robot back to the bar- barricade to start pushing it. I think that's to make any progress at all. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the toughest part, at least in the matches I've seen so far for most teams is if the other team has pushed it a far away, like it's going to be really hard to start getting that push going for yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think it just needs a few more tweaks here and there. So having it played twice a twice a uh, match might not be the best thing, but I don't think it's like insanely broken to the point where like like there are a couple ma- a couple games that went to five maps, and I don't think the fact that push was played twice made those matches any worse than they were because they they were pretty good uh, matches, both of them. Um, the Mayhem Outlaws Gladiators Fuel game, both amazing matches. So and push did not ruin them. Uh, but yeah, that that's, I will also mention quickly, they did seemingly fix these most, a lot of the stream issues as far as like FPS goes oh, yeah. this week. So looked a lot better. looked a lot smoother. They listened to me, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very specifically this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after, after we but, started but yeah, the trash no, talk, everyone's listening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely, uh, what felt like a, a real nice return to form, so that was good. Uh, the only thing we're missing broadcast-wise now is just to have uh, all the deaths together, I think. Yeah, that was the um, other thing that stuck. <laughs> was was now Custa's sick and Reinforce wasn't, um, I guess, not quarantined enough to come back quite yet. So, yeah, we're, we're still waiting on that. that. That really stunk. But Reinforce was at least on broadcast this time. Um, not with them, but he was there and was talking. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the team performances then, Joe. Uh, and I want to start with this uh, w- with a team at the top of the list here, kind of get them out of the way, and that is the Vancouver Titans because I think uh, this is like this is just a big topic of discussion, especially after Reinforce on the broadcast actually brought it up and talked about how just terrible this organization has kind of been since they dropped that runaway roster. This team came out as a franchise as one of the best teams in the league got second in their first year. And since then they've had abysmal records. I don't know exactly what the number was again. It was like six and 35 or something since that moment, which is just hmm. ridiculously bad, obviously like that's abysmal. Um, and they continue to do poor. Um, they lost to New York. They were actually able to take a map, the first map off of them. Uh, but then the rest of the rest, the rest of the time wasn't they weren't able to do anything on either Watchpoint or Eichenwald. Lee Jean was a little closer, but against Florida, they got absolutely rolled. Joe like didn't look like they belonged in this match um, at all or the league, um, which is surprising to me. We previewed this team, Joe, and I I think we both like I think we both gave them last, didn't we? But at the at the same time. Uh, we still had higher hopes for them. We still thought they were going to compete with the likes of Shockwave, Aspire, these big names, Massa, um, who did well last year. And nothing is happening. This organization is awful. And I got to say, I agree with Reinforce. This is abysmal. And I can't see them competing at all this year. I mean, <laughs> it's it's tough. These are supposed to be like some of their easier matches as well, like getting 3 by London, playing Boston and almost beating them, I guess. And now you got your hard part of the schedule coming up, right? You got to face Atlanta next, San Francisco. Like, oh my God, this is going to be 
just rough. Um, just absolutely rough. What are your thoughts on the Titans in this year? Do you think there's any redeemable part of this organization right now? Yeah, no, I think your your assessment there is pretty good, uh, and it's it's not looking um, not looking promising for you know at least um, you know talking about talking about uh, upcoming matches at least for the rest of the um, this first tournament tournament cycle you know beyond um, uh, thinking about you know the future. Um, uh, but but yeah, there were there were definitely and and still are you know some some bright spots. Um, uh, you know, numerically or you know, uh, organizationally, preseason talking about you know, uh, you, you know names on a roster, but uh, the way <laughs> the way that the team's been put together has not um, not been been fulfilling that well to say the least. Uh, I mean. Uh, we have a, we have one team uh, at the very bottom of the uh, uh, North American standings, uh, and that of course is the Vancouver Titans. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely been rough, um, and 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 not <laughs> you know not likely to to improve. Um, you know they they brought in Mirror. You know we haven't uh, uh, it's it's on our our news list for the week. But while we're talking about Vancouver, we'll talk about Mirror. Uh, and I mean that's something. Um, the, you know they they have the the ability to uh, pull out his Doomfist, I suppose, if they want to go a Houston route. Uh, although I don't recall that they did very much, if at all, no, uh, this past week. Um, um, you, you know, so that's something, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They took a map off New York this week, so that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that's that's a great sign as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, not 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 a lot of, of positive things to say about you know just general performance this week, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, okay, they're one of two teams. Let's stick here at the bottom of the standings. Actually, Joe, talk about the Paris Eternal as well. One of two teams that did sign new DPS players, and there was a big difference between Vancouver signing and Paris's signing because Paris they signed they went out um, they signed Wub and dropped Naga. I'm guessing because of budgetary reasons, they could not keep Naga um, or keep a player. Um, and I guess we'll t- talk about that move more later because it's that in general is very stunning. But at the, the reason I'm making this comparison right now is Vancouver uh, may have picked up Mirror, but they still have three DPS players on this team besides him. They still continued to play Mirror like a lot of this matchup, despite the fact he is... Um, not, not really played with this team at all yet. Uh, not to mention also has maybe a little bit less Overwatch 2 experience than the rest of this um, this team um, because he got dropped by Florida like halfway through the practice schedule or whatever. And then, uh, you know, they're in a completely different situation than Paris. Paris legitimately had to play Wub because they had to drop Naga. And Wub has no Overwatch 2 experience in comparison to the rest of the league because Wub has been on the beta as long as me and you joe so yeah <laughs> that is a lot more worse but at the same time vancouver had a similar situation but they could have avoided playing mirror the entire time i think that's a big reason why they look terrible especially with against florida i think they picked up a little bit against new york obviously able to take a map mirror looked a little better that match but man i cannot believe they brought mirror out that match um honestly i can't because yeah, I mean, I guess he's playing his old team in Florida that dropped him, so you got to play him or something. But he clearly was not ready with this team at all because they got absolutely stomped that match. 
So, yeah, well, and you and you mentioned Wub in the same situation in terms of having been recently signed, uh, and and I mean he was looking, um, you know, I mean, you know, Paris still also didn't have a good week with their their one match against Toronto, um, but like he was looking decent and had you know highlight. Uh, highlight uh, elements that we we saw there at the end of the match um, and all this kind of stuff like you know worthy you know things of remembering but yeah as far as the um, the yeah the, the bulk of performance these two teams and and the comparison yeah it's just just um, not not a not a good look and yeah not a good look um, and so I was gonna end that thought and then launch into um, talking about Wub and Naga, um, yeah, sure. your your perspective or your the way you introduced that was interesting. That I hadn't thought about, um, you know, for some reason that they had um, uh, signed Wub and then uh, you, you know for like a budget reason decided, oh well, we can't have this many DPS players, so we got to get rid of somebody. Maybe it's Naga because it, that was that wasn't the way that it was, or maybe it was. Now that I think about it. I think it's, the, the the order the order in which it was announced. Yeah, so it was announced. And what they signed Bub, and then maybe like four days later they dropped Naga, and they never in like Twitlongers or whatever by people with Paris Eternal. You know, they never say it's for budgetary reasons, but like, I don't know. It's cl- it cl- like it clearly is. You can just keep Naga on your team just in case, right? Um, if it really isn't yeah. for budgetary reasons, like why? no one has said that Naga is like a negative impact on this team to the point where you need to drop them. So I, I think everyone's... Well, well, yeah, that, that was going to be my point yeah. was, yeah, that because um, a lot of the 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 community feedback it has felt like was, you know, oh, why'd you drop him? He's not that bad. It was, you know, you've played two matches, yeah. you know, what's the deal? Um, uh, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it in that way in terms of... Um, yeah, just just you know, trying to find a, a spot on the roster. That I mean, it's still not great for for Naga, you know, in terms of you know, he's pretty much SOL as far as trying to find a, a spot in the league for the rest of the season. But um, but you know, that that does at least make it a little bit more sense than me, you know, oh, you played <laughs> two matches and this isn't working out. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, yeah. Yeah, I would hope it's not that because that would be extremely dumb in my opinion. Like, I don't know, especially when you have room on the roster, you don't just drop someone because they didn't do well in the first two matches, I guess. Um, and Naga wasn't even that bad and Naga, I mean Naga wasn't extremely consistent last year either, but at his peaks he was insane and he was the reason why Paris even had a chance last year to be anywhere. His echo especially was the reason why they were winning games. So it is a confusing move for me. I think everyone was very confused and a little baffled that they would just straight up drop him. Um, but I think everyone also agrees Wub is good and Wub is a good player. So having Wub on the team is a good thing. And he even showed it like one weekend in an awful situation. And even Naga tweeted about it after the game saying, yeah, like shout out to Wub who was just put in this situation where he had to immediately start on this team in Overwatch 2, a game he's barely played. So good on Wub. Um, but I, yeah, I gotta say this is a big L for the Paris Eternal org- organization who, you know, overall is not looking hot at all this season so far, starting 0-3. They have had a little bit t- tougher of a schedule so far, but it, the schedule doesn't get much easier 
Um, you got Washington, who has looked amazing outside of their loss to the Dallas Fuel. Speaking of the Dallas Fuel, you also face the Dallas Fuel, and then you face the Houston Outlaws. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Wub is not going to make that big of a difference to where I think I could predict them to win against those three teams. So I could see an easy 0-6 stage here for Paris, which is sad to say. For sure, especially after they were competing last year. It was way more fun they were when they were competing. Um, so, yeah. Paris, Vancouver there at the bottom. Looking embarrassing, looking sad. I mean, every, every year we have these teams at the bottom that are just, everyone's like, why aren't you trying harder? And you got to remember, like, everyone else in the league is is pretty good this year. So, uh, it's tough. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I'm, it sounds like maybe we're just going to move up the, the standings a little sure. bit. But, yeah, we got... <laughs> yeah, Paris and Vancouver both sitting at zero wins, but once we get up there, there's like a six-way tie for third, and like half the league is half the league, not even half of North America. Half the league is like two and something. Yep. Yeah, everyone <laughs> like that's insane. Nine of these thirteen North American teams have two wins at least, so that's crazy. Um, but yeah, let's. I guess we'll move up the standings. We talked about New York, who um, I still just don't have much to say about the Steve Joe. Uh, because they're like, fine, they're right where I expect them to be. They beat Vancouver, which they should. They did take a map off San Francisco, but um, they still lost three to one. It wasn't like, it wasn't, I don't know. The, the Kings row map was very close. We're back and forth. They both completed the map. Um, but then they ended up getting, um, not not. it wasn't too close on Oasis right after that anyways. So, I mean, yeah, this New York team, I still think they're right where I thought they would be, which is, not the best, um, not the best team. This is very actually very similar to Florida last year, which they have, of course, Yaki and Gangnam Jim. And yeah, I think they're in a similar <laughs> place in the standings and a similar place in my power rankings in my mind right now. Where like, yeah, this is similar to Florida last year. They may, they still have talent and maybe can pull out some map wins, maybe pull out an upset win every once in a while. But there's they're going to be here at the at the bottom, I think, for the year, which stinks for New York fans. Um, any additional thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I was just say they haven't come up with, you know, the the thing that they do. Yet, yeah, it feels like <laughs> agreed. Um, the, you, you know that that first week kind of it was echo and and Yaki's echo was was nice, but then like you know that's number one that's not unique anymore, and number two it's clearly not being as effective as they've needed it to, uh, you know, needed it to be. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they they yeah they don't have. You know, obviously, it's not the Jonak team as far as you know that historically, what the franchise has, the thing that the franchise has done. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, even even beyond that, yeah, they they don't, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my it's my assessment. They don't. <laughs> I agree. Uh, no, yeah, they yeah they don't have that thing they do. Um, but yeah, they got New York. They got Florida next. Um, they played four games already, so they only have two left: Florida and Toronto, uh, which will be tough for them. I I don't think they they're favorites in either of those games, so uh, we'll see what kind of fight they'll put up. Um, all right, let's move up a little bit to the Boston Uprising, and might as well talk about the one team they played because this was the only game that London played this week too, and London Spitfire, uh, who was a team we expected to be at this with these bottom teams we're talking about now, but honestly, in the standings, they're 
tied for third at two and one. So, uh, and I think they're the opposite of New York. They are a team that have found out exactly what they want to do, which is play that brawl with Reinhardt, um, hotting on Reinhardt most of the time. So they really found their identity. First, let's talk about Boston though, because um, I, I got a rant ready for them. This is obviously the team I worked for last year. I know a lot of these players and coaches and, Man, am I sad to see the effort that's been put forth so far this year and such a confusing strat. It feels like they're really trying to figure out something. It feels like they're trying to do, like they think the meta is a puzzle and they're going to solve it by trying as many things as they possibly can. Um, (laughs) Instead of just like, stop, just don't think first. I think Overwatch 2 has a lot less thinking than Overwatch 1, first of all. So maybe you just and cer- certainly at this stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you just stop thinking so much for a second, and you realize, okay, let me just look at my roster, and you and you say, okay, tracer, who could play tracer on my roster that I haven't played? <laughs> Is it striker, the most, the best tracer player in the history of the Overwatch League? No, couldn't be him, right? Uh, no. <laughs> this this week, Tracer saw a significant increase in play, and the Boston Uprising were not one of those teams. They played Tracer a little bit, but whenever they did, it was Valentine, and it was usually a desperation pick, like they were before, like they were last week. Um, that's ridiculous to me that the rest of the teams found a way to use Tracer, and the Boston Uprising, the team that has the best Tracer player on their roster, did not figure out how to. Um, that it's just an obvious thing. Everyone's probably screaming it to the heavens right now. Why? And not to mention, I guess London on route 66, uh, where you had a pretty good beginning of the map there at first when they made their substitutions, I was upset, but then I was like, oh, okay, this is working out. And then they end up losing that map. And I'm like, okay, why you, you put Victoria in over, over striker to play the exact same hero pool that striker was playing before, which was soldier. You expect Victoria to come in because Victoria is a better Widow than Striker, but Victoria did not play Widow at all. He only played Soldier. I, I just don't I, I don't know what's going on here. I know a lot of people were making fun of Punk's monkey, but mainly because Marvel and uh, Itzel are both historically better monkeys. I honestly thought Punk was pretty good at, at Winston on Route 66. But man, the substitutions here are just mind-boggling and I don't understand. Um, rant's over. I could go on longer probably, <laughs> but I'll let you talk about it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's it was... Um, this particular match, obviously, is in the context of this week. Yeah, it was not... Um, not at all where we thought this was going to go. I mean, uh, I had I had a 3-1 match, but I had a 3-1 for Boston. You know, at some point, the 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 desire to uh you know pick up the pieces and put things together and 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 try to figure out like you said it and and maybe even um to stop trying to figure out and just uh, you know um uh I, I guess the word i want is achieve uh or you know perform at the you know sit down where you are and and think about the things that you're capable of doing and and uh, and and it's time to perform. Uh, you know when you play Toronto next week, when you play Washington next week, those both can be winnable. Um, uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be it'll require um, you know paying attention to uh, <laughs> the things that they're doing and, and paying attention to uh, what they're they're able to manage and and 
properly properly executing those things yeah in a way that um i mean you're you're not wrong that that just hasn't been uh really happening well if at all um um you know these first two weeks yeah it's been god it's just been rough to see because obviously we both in our previews this is a more talented roster than last year for sure so just gotta find the best way to use that talent um but i will say on the other side you have a london team that impressed me while boston i feel through this game and could have been doing a lot better at the same time london was still playing their best um, and when Boston was was not doing well, they were able to take advantage of it, and they never gave up on that Route 66 map, which should have been a map that they lost, and at points it looked like they were going to lose. Still came back in and, and looked great. Hottie looking really good um, overall as the tank for this team. Sparker as well coming up big in big moments. Shaxx with some great tracer play. I mean, yeah, this is this London team is it's looking good. Um, it's looking like, you know, the best of the worst, as a lot of people are saying right now. So, um, I mean, currently they're in that top eight. They would make kickoff clash, but they still got three matches. Um, Houston's going to be a big one, Atlanta and Gladiators as well. So, yeah, you could easily end up two and four here in the kickoff clash if you're London. But um, who knows? Maybe they could pull out some upset wins. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on London so far, Joe? I know you, you were pretty – you were higher – than me on your power ranks for this team, right? Yeah, I, I had him. Uh, I, don't I think know, you had him sixteen, maybe sixteen, and I had him like nineteen. Um, yeah, I mean they were they were third from the bottom in terms of um, North America, which is the, the matches we've seen now. But um, uh, but, but yeah, I I definitely was a fan of. Um, uh, some of the some of the ways they built this roster, and I think um, I don't. I, I don't recall specifically um, uh, thinking about uh, Hadi, uh, you, you know, in that mix. But yeah, he, he's absolutely right. Been um, you know a big part of of what the identity of this team seems to have become, um, uh, if if not in in their own thinking, at least in the thinking of you know how you how you prepare for the team and what you expect from the team and um, and how the the analysis is treating him. Um, um, but, but yeah, having, having that kind of flexibility, um, and having the, um, uh, I, I forget which one of us said it, but, but yeah, the, a good example in London of, you, you know, a, a team, uh, doing something well and, and knowing that they're doing something well and running with the thing that they're doing well and, <laughs> um, and, and finding success. And so, you know, looking ahead to some of their matches, yeah, it's going to be Houston, uh, that's going to be tricky. It's going to be uh, Atlanta and uh, Gladiators <laughs> to round out um, uh, to round out the kickoff clash. And so, yeah, that that's going to be rough. But, um, um, uh, but, but yeah, definitely not not a not a terrible look um, that we've seen from them from them uh, thus far. Yeah, yeah, definitely not not too bad. I mean, they've had they've had two great wins here against Vancouver and Boston to prove their they're better than those two teams at least so good on london so far um all right move up a little bit further in the standings let's talk about like houston and, and florida who actually played each other in a very good five map match there back and forth on these maps um super exciting match to watch one of the better ones here a very close new queen street there at the end that houston was able to take so both these teams 
looking pretty good. Florida had like a pretty irrelevant match earlier this week, beating Vancouver, just destroying them. And Houston ended up being unable to beat the insanely good San Francisco Shock team. Um, but let's talk about Houston first. After they lost to San Francisco, I think I was a little bit worried that their win against Fuel was just like not real almost, Joe. I think I was a little bit worried that they might just get rolled by Florida and just end up one and three and that Dallas win doesn't matter at all. But honestly, this I think this really good five map win here for Florida cements Houston as like a team that will be competing with these top teams for sure. Um, might be a little bit more mid table where Florida is, you know, around that sixth spot in the standings. But at the same time, I still think they're going to be fighting for top top tier. They're still looking good. The fact that they're able to still pull out a win with Dante playing Doom most of the time and pe- with people figuring out their comp or what everyone is saying, they're, they're still able to pull out map wins and they're still able to pull out a match win here against Florida, especially in five maps where they um, aren't the best historically in five map games. So good on them for pulling out that map five. Uh, what do you think about Houston uh, after their performance this week, Joe? Yeah. Um, um, I had like three things I would say they lost it, but yeah, but yeah, just thinking about um, the uh, another team um, that in in some ways has been has sort of become kind of one note, uh, and that's maybe one of the concerns we have with with Houston. I, and if I remember right, even even preseason it was a concern we had for Houston uh, about their tank line, um, but it, you know in uh, preseason we were just concerned that. Um, you, you know, oh, what's what's Piggy gonna play? Uh, <laughs> um, the, but uh, it's a similar situation now in terms of you know we um, uh, Piggy's good at uh, the heroes that they play him on, um, and when they don't, um, the, you know, when they don't play Piggy, they play Doomfist. Is basically the way yep. uh, uh, the, the way Houston's been read, and, and so that's that's still one of the. Excuse me. Still, one of their, uh, you know, compositional weaknesses. I think as as a team, um, but yeah, that they're they're they've learned well and they're developing well and and you know as as a proof of concept, if nothing else, you know that um, the, the, there's ways to accommodate for that and there and there's there's ways to play around that. Um, uh, so, so yeah, if you're if you're Houston, your next couple matches, uh, you know, in terms of you know, solidifying your your place in the league. You know, these are going to be must wins against London and Paris. Um, you know, that's just <laughs> you know, there's just no way around it. You got to win those. Um, um, but but, it, but it's definitely possible and, and and definitely you know exciting to see. Um, and we we talk about Florida too, um, just in the context of um, in the context of this match. Yeah, definitely a close one against Houston um, and an absolute just stomp of, of Vancouver like the whole match was over in like an hour and a half or something I forget how long but it was it was a really short match um, my MVP this week is going to uh, going to the Florida Mayhem uh, uh, to, to someone specifically uh, who just has at least me for sure just, just blown away past my expectations of um, what I had expected of of well really uh, of a florida mayhem tank to begin with but also um the you know of of him specifically on this roster um and just how how nice he's looked and how um successful he's been um uh, for the mayhem you know even with this this loss against houston i mean to to be uh as 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 aggressive and as uh 
you know, productive as as he is. I mean, that's um, d- definitely a real asset. Yeah. Um, definitely a real, a real asset for Florida as they as they keep going for sure. Yeah. Like the the Winston is is just right up there. Definitely, someone's been super impressive so far, and Florida overall impressing me. And I love that they're competing with these. Teams. It's just a, such a disappointing loss. I think if we're later in the season, I think they probably win this game. I think it's experience, honestly. Houston with maybe a little bit more experienced players there, able to pull out a five-map win there. So, yeah, I'm impressed by Florida so far. Their win against Vancouver really impressed me. Even though Vancouver stinks, they stopped them, and only really good teams can pull off stops like that. So, yeah, Florida looking good. Uh, They're sitting at 2-2 right now. Uh, They got New York and... um, where are they? And Washington. So New York should be winnable. Washington will be a tough one. Uh, but right now they're sitting, sitting nice in those kickoff clash standings. Hopefully should make it to Dallas, make it to that top eight. So good luck to Florida going forward. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's briefly talk about San Francisco. And before, oh, wait, there are a couple more teams I want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Washington Atlanta, actually, because <laughs> this is a super interesting match that sort of changed my perspective on a lot of last week's matches, too. Because before this, Washington did really well against Toronto, a team that outside of that Washington match has proven that they're very good. Um, And then they lost 3-0 to Dallas, who I think at this point we know and understand like is one of the teams to beat. A lot of people have them back at the top of their power rankings. Washington comes in this week, and they stop the Atlanta Reign and make the Atlanta Reign look like a team... Look, they make the Atlanta Rain look like they're facing the Shanghai Dragons. That's the only time last year the Atlanta Rain looked like this was when they would face an APAC team. Washington looked like an APAC team. They looked like Atlanta was confused. I have Atlanta strategically is almost always looking sound, looking good. This is the first time since that grand finals, since uh, those moments against the APAC teams that I've seen Atlanta look so just not comfortable <laughs> with what they were doing. Um, and they got destroyed by the justice who are still being carried by their amazing mechanics. Their backline's not doing bad at all, which is great. Uh, that was what everyone rated bad poorly about this team and Krillin and is doing great. So this is, this has been great. Happy, of course, amazing and decay, of course, got to play tracer a lot, looking really good on it. So I was stunned that Atlanta just looked lost which they don't really look lost over joe so i mean what'd you what'd you think about these two teams this week is is washington really just that good or was atlanta just having an off week what was happening here yeah i haven't um it's been hard to wrap my head around yeah uh i I think that's uh, a good way to summarize that, yeah, because it's certainly not um, the the expectation going into that match uh, to see it come out the way we did, um, and and it's going to be hard to get um, <laughs> you know a little more handle on uh, on Washington, I think, because they don't have that many um, uh, you know the, their their strength of schedule this month is not um, uh, super high beyond. Uh, beyond Dallas, so they played uh, Dallas and Toronto, obviously week one, and then Atlanta, um, um, 
uh, this, this past weekend and did very well, obviously. Um, but I mean, the rest of the the rest of the month, they're playing Paris, they're playing uh, Boston, they're playing London. I think uh, is the last one. Uh, no, they're playing Florida is the last one. So that'll be that'll be another good match. But um, uh, but but yeah, it's been it's been hard for me. Uh, you know, even just in the the, the aftermath to try to figure out what to make of it because yeah um definitely concerning for atlanta that's not the the kind of you know back foot play that um that you want to see from them um and they've got uh lots of time uh this coming week too to prepare for their one uh vancouver match that they have um but uh uh but yeah that was that was definitely a thinker um, and and not for, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but 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 I mean at the same time you know props for props for Washington like you yeah. said looking good. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean luckily Atlanta just gets a nice little bye week next week because uh, they're playing the Vancouver Titans only. Yeah. So that that'll be a nice bounce back for them I imagine. Uh, then they face London and uh, Gladiators, so a uh, little bit tougher of a week four. But yeah, overall, this was a uh, yeah. They they usually have the meta figured out a little bit more. So was, I'm not concerned long term. I don't think. Um, you had Nero tweeting after the match saying that it was a boring meta in class. He, he's truly an Atlanta Rain player now that he has complained <laughs> about something, um, which is obviously everyone's favorite part about Atlanta Rain players. When you win, you trash talk, and when you lose, you complain because it couldn't have, it couldn't have been your fault. You're better. You're better than Washington <laughs> Justice, right? Couldn't have been my fault. It's some, yeah. it's some outside thing that that made us lose. Um, so, yeah, Nero joining in on that. Always always fun to see everyone pissed at the Atlanta Ryan players for uh, kind of being babies. Uh, but yeah, 3-0. We'll see how these teams do going forward. Uh, hopefully, it's just a one-week mistake for the rain. But we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's briefly touch the Shock, who uh, destroyed a Houston in a great game. Um, or Houston, at Midtown, Houston sort of woke up. Midtown and Ilios were super close. But the first two maps were stops from the Shock. Um, and then they ended up beating uh, New York. Um and yeah, those, I mean, those map losses maybe do look, that was the first time San Francisco actually looked beatable once. So I think it's confirmed that the shock can lose maps at least, but this rookie shock team is still looking like the best team. They're sitting the top. The only 4-0 team have yet to lose. They got a huge game against Gladiators next week. Could be their first loss. We'll see. Um, but the uh, reason I want to talk about the Gladiators because I don't, I do want to see him against the Gladiators before I decide, make my final decision on how good this team is, I guess. I know they're really good. I don't know if they are one of the best yet. Um, but I do want to give my MVP of the week to Finn. And I will say I was going back and forth on my MVPs of the week between Finn and Proper because I think Proper also carried a lot of maps and looked really good on Tracer against that Houston team. But Finn was just way more consistent throughout the weekend of carrying um finn was absolutely fantastic on that Anna. um my god he's just looking so good looking like one of the top rookie of the year contenders already here so uh good on finn and good on this uh, rookie shock team for going for now and still looking really good um anything to add about the shock joe yeah i, I think um yeah they're definitely um 
uh, overperforming a little bit from from where I had him preseason, but a lot of my concerns were really just you know from um, you know fr- from inexperience and, and rookie names and stuff. But yeah, the 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 scouts and the recruiters and all this kind of stuff for for San Francisco clearly did their homework, um, and and. And yeah, this is, this is really showing for this team. And, and yeah, the we, we were talking our last show about the you know, um, Kaluge versus Dante matchup at Main Tank, and uh, you know for for that match at least, you know that was it was hardly close. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> um, it probably helps that Kaluge is actually a tank player and can play things other well. other than Doomfist. Maybe <laughs> maybe that would help. There a bit. is that. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it was still fun that they trash talk there, and you know Dante. It's, I'm not saying Dante looked awful; like he did still look good. No. Yeah, um, especially he looked good. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the shock. Uh, like I mentioned, they played the Gladiators. Let's let's move on to the Gladiators and the Dallas Fuel, who I've seen a couple of power rankings put these two teams at the top after this amazing match where it was the first and only reverse sweep of the season so far from the Dallas Fuel. And it wasn't a reverse sweep where, like, the first two maps, Gladiators were dominating, and then the last three maps, Dallas absolutely stomped them. It was close. Eichenwald, not as close, but Ilios, New Queen Street, still very close the entire time. And Man, yeah, this was a close match the entire way through. And I think a lot of people are saying, okay, that might be the two best teams right there. We may have just seen them face off. Uh, and it was super fun. It's both me and Joe's match to rewatch. I think it's the clear match to rewatch. And I really hope we get to see it in Dallas here uh, at the beginning of June for the kickoff clash again. Because, man, that was really good. It's a tough one to – it's a tough loss for the LA Gladiators. There's no doubt about that. Like, oh, man, that type of reverse sweep where you were just so close to closing that game out many times is, is absolutely tough. But – Obviously, props to Dallas. This isn't surprising to me. This is such a talented roster that I know they can reverse sweep anyone in this league. So, good on them. They are still looking really good. Um, thoughts on both of these teams? Joe, thoughts on this match in general? I mean, just a great game of Overwatch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I we mentioned you know uh, recommending this for for people to go and rewatch, but uh, uh, I probably specifically will. You yeah. know. <laughs> Uh, even though uh, I, I did see a little bit of it when it was live, but um, uh, but yeah, you had to go to five maps. There's just no way. Um, and I, I had originally picked it for uh, for gladiators in the edge, but um, uh, but yeah, I have no trouble believing that these are you know um, real top teams. I, I think your your point about uh, you know trying to trying to throw shock in there and see where see where they land is good. Uh, are they are they playing? Yeah, shotgun, uh, shotgun gladiators play next yeah. week. Yeah, so that that de- in week three. And- that debate will be settled immediately because a lot of people are like, no, <laughs> yeah. shock deserved number two, and some people are like, no, gladiators do. So we'll we'll find out immediately who deserves number two, I guess. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, and just that we're going to see it at all, you know, yeah. before. Um, I'm trying to remember an example from last season, but it was like. It wasn't this, but it was like Philly and Shanghai or something didn't play until like the very end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but this, so that that'll definitely be good to see. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely good look from the from the Gladiators there. 
Um, oh yeah, I think gladiators looked yeah. in general. I mean, I, I, obviously they came out two zero last year, but I think everyone was a little lukewarm towards the gladiators, like we mentioned last week. In general, it seems like perception, despite losing this week, <laughs> is way better for the gladiators this week, which is insane, right? We they come off a two zero week, everyone's like, oh, they didn't look that good, and then they lose, <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, this team's really good. Um, but yeah, no, they looked, they did look much better this week. Um, they looked more cohesive. Um, and everyone, everyone was looking a little more warmed up, I guess, and more ready to go this week. Uh, oh yeah. And, uh, and shout out to Hanbin too. While we're talking about this match, um, that coming from a, you know, traditionally off tank kind of, kind of position, uh, you know, playing, uh, with with fearless on the bench, it has felt like more often than not with the Dallas, um, and and still having a really good Winston, having a uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm blanking on the Gladiators tank player. Is Reiner. it Muse still? Reiner. No. <laughs> Reiner, yeah, uh, he, yeah, played right, right there alongside with Reiner, um, uh, as a, as a really top Winston with with fearless on the bench. I mean, that's that's not nothing. Yeah, definitely. Um... And speaking of the Gladiators, Joe, I, I wanted to make an announcement here that I have officially accepted an offer to work with the Los Angeles Gladiators. So I will be uh, a Gladiator myself as well. Um, moving back to LA, I'm, I'm glad that I could s- stay working in the Overwatch League um, while moving back to LA at the same time. Because the only reason, main reason I left Boston and the Uprising was because I missed LA. I missed being out here with all my friends and so I'm super happy that I get to be back in the Overwatch League and working working for this team, um, and and hopefully, hopefully the Gladiators can uh, win some big games here this season. So, oh yeah, super exciting. And so just just like with Boston, you know they may not show up when your power rankings, no. etc. Yeah, um, uh, they'll they'll definitely be near the top. Yeah, I think if I <laughs> if I power rank the Gladiators it, with Boston, like I think it was clear, like I couldn't be that bias but with the gladiators they're so close to the top um that i feel like as a biased person i would literally rank them number one every single time um so <laughs> like it's such a different situation where like my bias would hurt even more i would just constantly yeah. be talking about how this is the best team uh but yeah now uh great <laughs> i'm super excited to start i start next week so Excellent. ready um uh, but yeah that's those are all the teams i believe we covered them all um i'm excited for except for the other half of oh, the yes. league, which we get to see this obviously week. <laughs> we have not seen them yet but we get to uh, preview some of their games and do predictions for them later um oh, but yeah. before that we got to go through some news uh first piece of news was uh the first two pieces of news we already talked about mostly though so uh paris signing wub and dropping naga and Vancouver signing Mirror. Um, and I think I pretty much ranted all I wanted about both these. Uh, any additional <laughs> things to say on them, Joe? Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a good start. Um, or, you know, we what we've said about them have, have been good in terms of uh, yeah, addressing it as news. But yeah, um, the some of the first changes already. It feels feels early to have <laughs> to have these kind of roster changes. But, you know, it's it's a new game. It's, you know... Nobody knows it's going yeah. on. Feels early for Paris, especially. I'm glad Mirror found a place, found somewhere, and I hope Naga is able that, to. That's do. true. Um, all right, and then the third one is a signing, uh, an APAC signing, actually. So 
uh, and this is Far Away, 1987, joining the Guangzhou Charge, of course, Far Away, one of those players that ended up getting dropped by the Chengdu Hunters. I think a lot of people were hoping this would be the Aprita announcement um, that that he would come to Guangzhou. Uh, I think a lot of people are still hoping that's coming, uh, and I, including me, I would love, love to see Aprita in this league this year. So, uh, yeah, they grab Far Away. Uh, this is their third support. Yeah, with Molly and Unique. So we'll join that support line on the charge this year. Um, and then we got a, another PvP uh, beta blog and patch, uh, which is awesome to see that see that it was a weekly thing. Which, by the way, I completely forgot that the beta ends tomorrow. So that's sad. Um, yeah, just for just for the first one, and yeah. so the next one presumably will be. You know, shocking and <laughs> just, hopefully they'll have, you know, something that's gasp or Yeah, maybe a new uh, support, maybe a new map, something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they went through, uh, they had, this, if you haven't seen this little developer blog yet, they sort of went through supports um, talking about uh, the changes they made last week to Zenyatta and all that stuff and the Anna's biotic grenade. They went into like specific win rate things and how it actually affected it. So definitely go read this. I'm not going to go into depth on it right now, but go, go read this if you're interested in seeing like some specifics on what their changes actually ended up doing, which is awesome that we got that. Um, and just talking about where their mind is at for a lot of these and where what they would like to change. Um, talking about how they still want to rework maybe Moira a little bit. We talked about Mercy a good amount, um, about Mercy's super jump, um, which is a move that is not technically in the game, I guess, and they don't present it to you. But if you look it up on YouTube, you can figure out how to do it. And now they officially put it into the game um, because they don't like having those like little moves, I guess, that you can you know do on your own and just by learning. Um, so they they put Mercy Super. I don't know if they ended up fixing this issue at all, but apparently there's a super super a mega super jump now. Um, so that that's a little bit rough. Uh, then they also talked about uh, Junkrat and Symmetra and how their kits aren't really great in Overwatch Two, as they were both sort of shield busters. Um, so they're actively thinking about those two characters and where where they want to take them. Um, and sort of fixing their kit. They even mentioned like making it so junk rats um, grenades launch faster. But then they said they didn't ended up not wanting to do that because it was just straight up like a rocket launcher at that point. So yeah. Um, and then the patch came. Um, and Joe, I forgot you're the patch man, so you can talk about the patch if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good transition. And then the patch yeah. came, um, and a lot of this was reflected. Uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, some of these philosophical things and, and whatever were reflected in these patch notes. So that was definitely exciting. Um, where, uh, we got a change to Baptiste, um, where his, uh, regenerative, regenerative burst, uh, again in the beta, um, now does both an instant heal and a heal over time. Uh, so half of the 100 health uh, that it grants is granted instantly uh, to save allies in clutch moments, it says. Um, uh, and it's uh, if your allies are at 50% or lower health, that, ins 
excuse me, that instant heal is doubled. Uh, so presumably that means uh, you get 100 health instantly and then 50 over time uh, if you're within range of the regenerative burst, which is significant. Um, uh, Mercy did, in fact, get her, her new super jump button, basically, uh, that you and the uh, the mechanics of that is that you can now cancel Guardian Angel uh, by pressing Crouch Midair, um, which has the, the same effect as um, um, the Super Jump, as I understand it, uh, that that was basically what you would have to do was um, uh, cancel GA, I think, through jumping or something, like mid-GA. Um, anyway, but it's a little bit more um, consistent now. Uh, they they do admit in the patch notes they said in some ways you know this is even stronger now than um, uh, than it used to be uh, and yes the you know clips of <laughs> just absolutely going crazy flying but uh, uh, but yeah to increase some some mobility uh, ceiling as far as that goes make it a little bit more consistent um, uh, maybe a little bit more flashy too as far as that goes but. Um, Definitely interesting change there. And then just a little tweak to Sojourn, uh, who they describe as a little weak since her initial addition to the roster. Um, I think hardly ever getting picked uh, in Overwatch League is definitely a, a symptom of that. Uh, obviously, they don't balance all the way to, to Owl every time. But um, the uh, primary fire rate of fire was increased a little bit, and her, uh, her uh, max ammo increased as well to... Uh, to go along with that, um, so not a lot, no no ability changes, but uh, just a, a slight buff there to Sojourn. Yeah, and overall, not not as many changes as last week, obviously, but uh, I'm not going to complain. Still grateful we're getting these these changes weekly alongside a, a nice blog. So, and overall, I like all three of the changes, and I I would really like Sojourn to be meta. So uh, she's super fun to watch and play. So yeah, all looks good to me. Um, and then, absolutely, and then just in time for the Overwatch Two beta to uh, sort of wind down. At least the first beta, the Anniversary Remix Volume Two is starting back up in Overwatch One. So I guess it gives gives you kind of a reason to go back. I personally probably will try to go back, but will hate it because I really like Overwatch <laughs> Two. Uh, because you know. I, I would like some of these old skins. Anniversary Remix has been nice so far. That will start tomorrow. Have they announced any of the th new the skins coming back or anything like that, Joe? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, some of the promo materials had the uh, Pachimari Hog skin in it. Okay. Um, I don't Which is know. a legendary I, I don't. I don't know where that fits in anything, but... Um... Um, but yeah, it'll be the, the the structure of it will be the same in terms of they'll have uh, the three weeks will be old uh, time limited event skins you can get. Uh, they'll have some recolors available, um, and you know rotating through the the seasonal brawls and all that. That'll all be consistent. Um, the the speculation is that the way they've timed this out uh, will be super nice because. Uh, it will just basically be able to go from event to beta, event and beta, just like back and forth for a while. Uh, yeah. As you know, beta windows open and close, so that'll be that'll be nice. Yeah. I think uh, I think that makes complete sense because the remix is slated to end that June seventh, which is right that weekend. I think that's the weekend of the weekend of the kickoff clash is right before that. So I think the seventh is maybe the Tuesday after. Um, 
Oh, nice. So I think that would make complete sense that after the kickoff clash, you got that week break, and that's when the new beta starts, so the players can get started on practicing if there's a new hero or a new map or whatever, right? So, yeah, I think that makes complete sense. Um, okay, that's it for the news, uh, which means we only have predictions left to go. I believe we're tied in our pickups, right, Joe, at 34? We are, yeah. I picked up my I picked up my one point deficit from uh, yeah. <laughs> from this past week. Um, we have a lot. I, yeah, still still no public pickums that I know of. But yeah, no, uh, I don't think so either. Yeah, sharing still coming soon, so we'll get there one day, I guess. Uh, but this week we have a lot more games to pick from. Like we mentioned earlier, the APEC is APEC is finally here, and on the show we're gonna. Be- predicting three APAC games actually so that'll be fun oh yeah um, leaning into it yeah <laughs> um and even more fun because we haven't even seen these teams play yet uh, so anything can happen uh the first one is going to be the first APAC game uh which is at 3 a.m pacific on friday uh uh-huh. very fun uh so shanghai philadelphia fusion that's the thing kicking it all off of course shanghai defending champions joe um they're absolutely fantastic going up against philly which a lot of people this is another roster with some very hyped up rookies on their team should be competitive again this year but are they shanghai dragons competitive that's the question here joe um <laughs> since we're t- <laughs> is it is, is it the question it is a, this is the question we gotta are they shanghai dragons competitive can they beat them joe this is you get to go first because we're tied and you'll go first on the first two i guess so okay. or why not um yeah i think i think if um <laughs> yeah if the shanghai dragons are not um, as as competitive as we expect them to be uh, after this match, I think there's going to be some some serious league wide questions going on. Um, they, they, yeah, it's it's really hard to to pick against Shanghai again. Uh, no, notably because you know we haven't seen any of these teams like you were mentioning, um, and and so you know there's there's a a, a pretty in, what in my head is a relatively obvious choice here. But um, that being said, it's going to be a really good match, um, and I'm excited to see um, how. Uh, you know how Philly handles themselves. Um, you know, if we're lucky, um, uh, MN3 and Zest become the the uh, proper in kilo of of uh, Asia. You know, who knows? Um, uh, that would uh, certainly be you know uh, good good uh, from my perspective, in my opinion. But um, yeah, definitely definitely one of the more fun matches of the week, um, and uh, you know a rematch from. I suppose not technically the two best teams in in uh, Asia last season, but the two best teams in my heart in, in Asia last <laughs> season. So, nice. yeah, nice. Um, yeah, this should be a good match. I while I will pick Shanghai here, which is sad um, and boring. I, I will uh, <laughs> I, I will say I do think Philadelphia should take at least one map here. Um, I, I do still think they're good, uh, but I'll be picking Shanghai. Uh, well, just go with the, I guess, easier pick. Um, all right, let's move on to the next match, which is happening later in that broadcast. Hangzhou Spark, Seoul Dynasty. Uh, Hangzhou, very disappointing season last year. Their seasons just kept getting more and more disappointing. Meanwhile, Seoul still floating where they always do, I guess, which is not the best, but almost there. Um, 
So this should be another interesting matchup between two teams with some both bolstered rosters. Spark, hopefully with a bolstered coaching staff for the first time. That would be nice. Uh, but what, who do you think is going to win their first matchup of the year, Joe? Yeah, they're... Um... I think that's that's a good assessment. Definitely some some positives and negatives for for both teams, uh, but I am um, and have been since the preseason really excited about uh, the way um, Soul Dynasty is looking this off season. Um, I think just the 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 changes they were able to make and the um, you know what is in a lot of ways uh, sort of a mega roster that they were able to assemble um, uh, is definitely definitely really attractive and, and really tempting. Um, and, and I've, I've given them the edge, uh, here in, in my picks for this match. Nice. Um, I'll go, I'll go with the opposite. I'm Joe Spark. I think we don't, both teams, we don't know exactly where they're going to be. So I'm going to take advantage of that and just go with the opposite pick here, because I do think Spark could have enough talent to beat the sole team. So, um, I'll go Hong Joe Spark in like five maps. Probably. I think, it'll, I think it'd be a fun match. Um, all right, let's go back to NA for a second for our third for our third pick and we're it's going to be florida new york which i think is actually fighting or a exciting game to pick because i do think while florida has been looking good um new york could easily win this one um and i guess since we're tied i'll i'll go ahead and pick first on these last two um new york florida i'm gonna go florida i think florida wins this one i think this is a winnable game for new york this is probably right at their skill level but it should be Florida's win. So I'm going to pick Florida. All right, Joe, who do you have between the Mayhem and the Excelsior? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm going to have to be with you on the Florida pick. Uh, I'll admit um, part of the reason I picked this match was just because Florida and New York are the two uh, North American teams that we have not uh, picked a match oh, for yet. That's nice. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, that being said, you know, there's there's definitely no, um, no reason that this match doesn't have to be or no reason that this match has to be not close. Uh, you know, it just depends on on uh, what kind of teams show up. Uh, really, on both sides, uh, as far as that goes. But um, uh, but yeah, you got to think just uh, uh, laying things out uh, that that Florida is definitely at the edge here. Yeah, definitely. Um, should be another uh, exciting match here. And then let's let's round it out with another APAC game. This is happening on Saturday, day two, and it is the first time we get to see the Chengdu Hunters. Um, they will be facing up against the Guangzhou Charge, um, who we will see uh, the day before facing off against the Valiant. Uh, obviously, Guangzhou uh, have far away now. This is kind of maybe a revenge match for him or something. Um, I'll pick first here. Chengdu Hunters, Guangzhou Charge. I'll go with the Chengdu Hunters for this one. Uh, while I do think Guangzhou still has some talent there, um, and I think Chengdu did... It, you know, shoot themselves in the foot a bit by having to drop some good players. They still have leave and they still have better players than the charge. I think they should win this one. Um, all right, Joe, who do you, who do you have hunters or charge? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little less exciting. Uh, we only got uh, one match different, but I'm, I'm definitely leaning into to Chengdu, I think as well. Um, they, yeah, this, this little, um, this may be the, the Asian team, uh, perhaps with the exception of LA Valiant, just because I don't have any frame of reference for what that team is going to bring to the table, uh, that I'm most excited to see um, this coming week, and, and you know what they're able to do with Overwatch 2, and how they're able to um, put things together, and and uh, you know come up with uh, what traditionally has been a 
you know wildly crazy but also effective uh, strategies for for lots of different things. Um, uh, they yeah Guangzhou are um, you know uh, we heard my my assessments of them in the preseason and and the uh, concerns that I, that I had and still have and uh, you know the the ways in which they're going to have to uh, win me over a little bit but. Um, uh, but but yeah, broadly the the advantage I think here here goes to Chengdu. But I'm just excited to uh, excited to see all these teams uh, you know in the wild now. Yeah, same here. It's it's happening. We're getting a million matches this week. Amazing. Um, Literally twice as yeah <laughs> as last as last week. Crazy crazy amounts. Um, all right, uh, I'll enjoy uh, I'll enjoy rewatching them for sure in the morning because I. Will not be waking up for those, but they will be super excited. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for this episode. So thank you all for listening to another episode. If you want to follow us on our uh, social media, mine's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's Twitter's at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. And our show's Twitter's at On The Flank Show. You're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we're on, uh, on on-the-flank.podcast.co. Uh, we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy another week of Overwatch League with the first APAC matches of the year.